Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. Hello, I'm Michelle Michael. In this special series of Ag Future, we're talking with those working along the food supply chain about the impact of COVID-19. My guest today is Dan Boussier from Quebec. Uh, Dan is a swine nutritionist who works with producers all over Canada. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about your role in the industry? What's your day-to-day look like? Uh, I have been in the swine industry since uh, 25 years now. Uh, I run my own business with some partners since 2005. Uh, my role has been mostly uh, swine nutrition support to producers uh, in the swine industry in Canada. Uh, also uh, involve a lot on research uh, with our customer and some of the research barn we, uh, we look after in Canada. Uh, I'm also doing some consulting with a group in China uh, since about uh, three years now. Uh, and also doing some uh, work maybe with some group in Japan uh, over the last year. Uh, my day-to-day is, you know, reformating diet for customer, uh, evaluating new feed program, uh, making sure we are uh, on top of our uh, nutrition program in terms of new research that we are doing, and also with uh, other people in the industry. Uh, we are involved a lot with the supplier to uh, conduct research program with them, uh, to be in contact with them as well, to understand the new technology available for us on the market. Uh, our focus always has been cost as well. So uh, we've been uh, doing a lot of research, but at the end of the day, uh, our focus has been to be cost effective in our production uh, with our customer. Uh, we also have a production company that we uh, raise pigs uh, in Quebec. So we produce about 250,000, 200,000 pigs a year in Quebec. Uh, this is not a huge number based on the U.S. standard, but for Quebec production, it's, it's, it's a nice number. So uh, like I say, we have some skin in the game. So we're not just consulting with our customer. We also raise pigs ourselves, uh, which help us to understand better the need of our customer. When it comes to uh, consulting, particularly right now on the nutrition side of things, how crucial is your role, especially right now in the midst of this pandemic? Uh, but I think things have been uh, have been a bit different over the last month and a half uh, with less traveling and more uh, web meeting. So uh, in our role is to make sure our customer are get served the way they were before. Uh, I think technology helped us a lot to uh, be effective on that side. Uh, there was, I, on the nutrition side, I don't think there has been a lot of change, uh, although recently we have some issue with some supply of ingredients, uh, like uh, DDGS, uh, wheat short, so some ingredient supply has been short <laughs> due to some reduction in ethanol production. So uh, we have to do a lot of reformulation lately. And also, uh, I know we'll talk about that a bit later, uh, all the uh, strategy around uh, uh, slowing down pigs uh, with some of the packing uh, plant issue that we have in Quebec and also uh, in another part of the of Canada. So um, I think it's more to be uh, effective in answering your customer, uh, which we always try to be. Uh, because uh, requests are sometimes uh, you need to answer those requests pretty quick. So that's our goal to be effective to answer our customer. In terms of research, uh, we have been uh, there's a bit of a challenge now to uh, to conduct research uh, due to the fact that we may be short of labor in some farm. Access to feed meal for uh, manufacturing diet, also for research diet, has been a bit limited now. So we have to juggle around with some of the research project that we have uh, on the go. But so far, it's been it's been not too bad. I want to go back just a moment to um, what you just talked about. We, we've heard some meat processing plants in Canada, especially a swine processing plant, uh, needed to shut down uh, for some time because workers contracted coronavirus. Uh, there are similar stories in the U.S. 
how is this impacting the industry in Canada right now? Well, in Quebec, that's probably our biggest concern right now. Uh, the fact that we have some uh, packing capacity that has been reduced. So the plant that shut down three weeks ago reopened last week, but with a much slower pace, uh, which is about 4,000 pigs they killed last week uh, uh, versus 28,000 they normally kill. But the two weeks prior to that, they were at zero. So today in Quebec, at the end of last week, we had about 90, 100,000 pigs uh, that were not killed over the last two, three weeks, which is about 25 percent, 20, 25 percent of the noble kidding that we have uh, as a backup. So that's a bit of a concern for now. Uh, for the next two, three weeks, we still can probably uh, keep some things in the barn with doing different strategy. But uh, we are very concerned about the fact that if we cannot ramp up uh, killing production, uh, that's going to become an issue. So there's talk a bit about uh, human euthanasia on pigs. Uh, nobody wants to do that, but I know there's some government uh, talk about that. Oh, we should do it if we have to do it. Uh, in other part of Canada, Ontario has been really good. The two plants in Ontario have been pretty much full speed. They took some strategy to do some Saturday kill as well to uh, keep up on production. Uh, out west, uh, if I look at Manitoba, uh, Alberta, where there's major plant, uh, so far it's been good. Uh, the COVID-19 uh, situation over there is less of an issue versus Quebec. Quebec has been hit pretty bad uh, with the COVID-19 over the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, so that's a concern. The other plants are also slowing down a bit. There's two plants that are have access from uh, workers from Montreal area, and Montreal is uh, is in bad shape for the COVID. So uh, the, the those workers cannot come to the plant anymore. So short labor means they cannot kill as much pigs as they used to. So overall, it's uh, it's okay right now. It's under control, even though there's some uh, some bad pigs backing up. Uh, but we have to uh, we have to find a solution within the next two three weeks. If not, there's going to be uh, there's going to be some problem here. Dan, I, I want to kind of break this down um, for a minute because when you're confronted with a situation like this, what happens? I mean, normally a producer would feed for efficiency, right? How do you how do you manage pigs when they are the right size to go to the processing plant, but COVID delays that from happening? Do you have to slow the growth, and and, and if so, how do you do that, and is that safe? Uh, but first of all, you know, when we first hear about that plant closure three weeks ago, that's what we did right away. Uh, so we set up a diet, what we call a, a low energy maintenance diet, uh, which is a bulky diet that we can feed to our pigs that are ready to go to market. So there's different way you can do it. You have, to, can you, do you want to slow down the pigs that are ready to go to market or you want to slow down all the pigs in your system to avoid more pigs being ready to go to market within the next two, three weeks? So the first strategy for us was to slow down the pigs in late finishers so we don't get pigs that are too big. Uh, although the packing plant have opened the grid to ship heavier pigs because that's what we have been doing over the last two, three weeks. We always ship the heavier pigs, you know, so pigs have been heavier than normal. Uh, so the, the feeding a bulky diet has been the first thing we put in place, you know, to try to limit the growth of those pigs without compromising health and welfare because that's the other concern. If you limit growth by feed restriction, or other mean, you can impact welfare of the pigs and have other issues. So our goal is to feed a lot of fiber, high MDF and soluble fiber in our diet to try to maintain the, the pigs' uh, well-being without end to grow too fast. And there's a lot of strategy that can be put in place to slow down the pigs. This is probably the best one. Although, over the last two weeks, like I mentioned, we have uh, lower access to some of the high fiber ingredients that we used to have either from a cost perspective or just a supply perspective. So it's, it's, it's okay on paper to set up those diets, but at the end of the day, you need to 
be able to access the ingredient that you want to uh, get those lights going and also doing it in a cost-effective manner. Um, so there's a lot of a challenge around that right now. Uh, like I said, we've been okay so far, uh, but there's a limit to slow down the growth of the pigs. And also there's a limit by adding more pigs to a barn. Eh? Uh, you need to empty the barn at one point because crowding and other things can become an issue. Dan, when you talk about slowing the growth of pigs, are there things not to do? Uh, yes, like I said, uh, we, we always have to keep in mind the, the, the well-being of the pigs and make sure that we, we, we do the right things with the pigs, even though we want to slow the growth of the pigs. So one thing that we don't want to do is restrict water intake, you know, make sure that pigs still have access to water. Uh, although we know that if we drop water intake, you know, pigs slow growth will happen. Uh, we don't want to do that. And we want to create, uh, we don't want to create a situation where we get issue with the pigs uh, welfare. So no water restriction, uh, you get get into salt poisoning as well if you lower water intake so that's an issue so that's something we don't want to see uh, overcrowding to an extreme point you know like i said at one point you have to realize that crowding is not a good thing you know and that will affect not just the growth of the pigs but also the, the welfare of the pigs and we don't want that to happen uh, we want our industry to be well well seen by the public people so although we have to take some action, you know, uh, we want to make it in the way that we treat our pigs okay as well. So overcrowding to the extreme point is not recommended. And also uh, people will say we'll drop the salt and we'll uh, reduce uh, water intake, we'll reduce the growth of the pigs. But if you drop the chlorine level that goes with the, when you when you bring down salt in the diet, uh, you can reduce also uh, the, the feed intake and you can get some issue with the welfare of the pigs. So, and increasing vent, uh, temperature and lowering ventilation. Uh, in Quebec right now, it's still a bit of winter. It's still cold. So doing those things is not that bad. But when you go to summertime, you don't want to create some issue with ventilation, air quality, and again, creating some issue with the well-being of the pigs. So those couple of points should not be thought about. Uh, look at the diet first, talk with the nutritionist, talk with your production people, and try to find a way to make your goal achieve without uh, compromising the, the welfare of the pigs. It seems producers are facing uh, so much uncertainty at this time. How long can producers sustain operating this way? I mean, is there an expiration date, so to speak, to where they won't be able to continue slowing the growth? Well, like I said, uh, the, the, the first two, three weeks, you know, four weeks, you're okay to manage it. But we are close to the end of that period. Uh, I was mentioning that if in the next two, three weeks, we don't we are not able to go back to a higher speed of killing pigs in Quebec. Uh, we're going to face a problem. That's why there's been talk about, you know, uh, human euthanasia on pigs. Uh, nobody wants to go there, uh, but there is a point where we're going to have to think about that. And we already think about it, but there's a point where we may, we may have to uh, to go at it. Uh, the other issue with uh, swine industry is that it, it's the time before you make a decision versus those pigs goes to market. We can say we're going to slow uh, slaughter sow, uh, reduce uh, breeding, reduce firing rate, but those things will have an impact in four to six months. And people don't want to take decision now that would impact throughput in four to six months when we think when we think things will be back in normal. Uh, the chicken industry in Canada has cut down by 15%, but the chicken turnover is pretty quick and it's 30, 35 days to produce a chicken. So by reducing hatching by 15% uh, within the next four or five weeks, you're gonna see some impact. Uh, Pigs is different. So it's tough to make decision, you know, that will have an impact in four, six months, thinking that situation would be back to normal if it's if we know what is normal at that time. 
uh, that's a bit of our issue. So people are just crossing their fingers, hoping for the things to turn around quick, and then uh, just living with the situation for three, four weeks uh, without having to kill pigs uh, on farm or doing some euthanasia at the plant. Certainly, we all hope this is is resolved and much, much better four to six months from now. But what's the worst case scenario four to six months? You talk about there there being problems down the line potentially. What do you, what are your thoughts? Well, if we have to, if if, if the problem that that's why that that's a tough situation because we need to have a crystal ball to see what will happen in four six months. Uh, if we knew we can make decision right now that will get some impact at that time and make us able to go through that situation, but we don't know what would be the situation in four to six months. That's our biggest challenge. Um, it's a bit different than when you get hit by a disease like ASF, you know, which we had some plant in Canada to act against that. We know that if ASF come in Canada, there's going to be probably a four to six months to a year where we won't be able to export pigs, something like that. So then you can make decisions based on those terms. Uh, today with the COVID, it's, uh, it's much tougher to make decisions because we hope and we all expect situation to be back normal uh, within a couple of months from now. If it's not the case and we don't make decision now, we're going to face a problem again down the road. So it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, we had some discussion last week with some group uh, producer in Canada and the U.S. as well. And I think everybody is on the same page on that. They just wait and see. Uh, I know in the U.S. there's more sow liquidation happening right now. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it's only a matter of COVID. It's a matter of price, which is related to COVID. But the price is so bad that some people are making decisions to, uh, to take down some sow number. Uh, but in Canada, uh, we haven't seen that yet. Although some smaller producer, we think, will take that opportunity of the situation right now to, to quit the market. Uh, we have a lot of small feral to finish independent farm in Quebec that uh, don't have any uh, people to take over. Uh, when the price is good, they, they keep going because they still can make some money. But with the situation right now on the price and the uncertainty about the, the COVID and the future, uh, we're going to see some... Uh, creation of a smaller farm in Quebec. Dan, I want to go back to um, something you just said for our listeners who may not fully understand. You said ASF, that is African swine fever that you're referring to, I assume. Now, prior to the COVID-19 outbreak, there were other viruses like African swine fever and and others. Are producers still dealing with those issues and then now COVID-19 on top of all of this? Well, like I said, we don't have, you know, African swine fever in North America. It's not an issue. And uh, one thing that is probably good about the situation right now is the risk of like getting African swine fever in the North American industry uh, was coming probably from people traveling from Asia, bringing back some food product that could contaminate our food chain or our production chain. Uh, with the closure of the border and the much less traveling, I think that's a, a safer word right now for us in terms of predicting our industry from ASF. Um, but with that being said, the risk is always there. And... Uh, but it's a difference. The ASF is even worse saying because we have to shut down our export in Canada, which is 70% of our pig production. Uh, COVID, I think we, we think it's a temporary situation that will resolve. The only thing we don't know is how long it's going to take to go back to normal. I want to talk about biosecurity. Uh, that's always been extremely important in swine production. But have you noticed any changes or extra precautions that, that you and your clients are taking during this pandemic? Uh, but there's a couple of things that we have that we are doing differently. It's mostly on the uh, protection of the people we work with in our business. You know, uh, as an essential lead business, we're still doing business on a daily basis. Uh, in terms of office staff, we try to reduce the traffic at the office, but at the production plant where we produce feed, 
micro premix, uh, our staff is full capacity. Uh, we try to minimize the contact between people, between the paperwork has been changed as well. Uh, the delivery on the farm has been done in order to reduce uh, human contact and exchange of paper. So we put in place those extra um, safety procedure to make sure that we protect our people. In terms of the farm, we, we know uh, COVID is not so far, we have no proof that COVID can be transmitted to livestock. Uh, so uh, things have not been changed that much on the farm bioscurity to protect the pigs from disease. Uh, we are more scared about PERS and other disease on the farm side. You know, COVID doesn't affect pigs. But at the same time, we think the, the worker and farm have done a, a more uh, extra step in terms of protecting themselves, themselves between the workers, so washing their hands, wearing masks, things like that. And again, uh, it's the same for everybody. If, if some people have some sign of COVID or things like that, uh, they won't go to work. Okay? So, but the problem on the farm is when you have a small farm with yourself and your wife, you know, and no employee, uh, the risk to transmit the disease to other people is less. But at the same time, if you get sick, you still have to go on the farm and feed your pigs. So a larger farm, it's, uh, it's less of an issue because you have more people. But at the same time, if you lose half of your working staff in a farm, it's tough to replace that. So so far, it's been okay. The the, hack, the culture world is, is, is most is more, is more remote than big city. So uh, in Quebec, Montreal has been, like I said, uh, the, the the biggest uh, place for the COVID. Uh, but if you look at the the backyard or the the countryside, it's been it's been not too bad so far. So I haven't heard of any case uh, in terms of farm people, uh, working people on farm that have been affected. So so far, it's been it's been okay. That's that's good news. Um, when you talk about changing the way you you feed pigs, because you can't move the pigs, um, and you do that through nutrition modification um, used to you know s- slow the growth, it, are there behavioral issues or other issues in the barn that you then also have to manage? Uh, so far, it's been okay. Uh, like I said, the feeding a high fiber, bulky diet will get the pig satisfied and won't create any. Uh, uh, so far, any tail biting or uh, uh, behavior issue with the pigs. Uh, the issue we may face is when we start to crowd the pigs. If we have a barn where we do double stock and we cannot, um, you know, uh, reduce crowding after a certain amount of time, then the crowding may become an issue. Access to feed, access to water. So uh, the nutrition side, I'm not to worry about what we have done or what we are doing. Uh, unless we have some crowding and water uh, issue in terms of access for the pigs. Uh, there's other people that have looked at some other way to reduce, you know, the growth of the pigs, like uh, increasing the temperature in the barn. You know, if you increase the temperature, feed intake will go down and you may slow down the growth of the pigs. But those type of strategy has to be really well done because you can create some issue with the welfare and the, the vice on the pigs. So those things has to be, has to be done with some thought, you know, behind it. Um, like I said, the other thing that people are have, that you can do to reduce feed intake is to add some calcium chloride to your feed. Uh, there are some good data set that show that calcium chloride will reduce feed intake, but you need to add between two and four percent of the product in the feed, uh, which can reduce feed intake of the pigs. But at the same time, because you are adding a lot of calcium along with the chloride, you need to uh, adjust your calcium to phosphorus ratio. And all those strategy are short-term strategy. You know, if we think about long-term strategy to slow down the growth of the pigs, there's none of those strategies that are good, you know, over time. We're talking about the two, four weeks, you know, strategy. And after that, like I said, if we have to keep slowing down the growth of the pigs, there's going to be some other stuff that needs to be done, which is reducing the throughput of the pigs in the farm. So this means 
euthanasia of pigs or reducing, you know, the number of pigs uh, by farrowing number, things like that, which takes time uh, to, to, to be done. So, Dan, as a nutritionist, have you ever faced anything like this in all the years you've been doing this job? Uh, never, never, for sure. Uh, we always have uh, we always have sometimes some uh, pigs that cannot be shipped to the plant because of holiday, short week, those type of things. But when we talk about the situation like this today, uh, where we don't know how long it's going to take, and uh, the other thing is that if we start to have some more cases in some of the plants that are still running, those plants will be shut down or reduce uh, throughput by, by, by a lot. Eh? So the one that reopened last week, it's good, but there's still four, five, six other plants in Quebec, you know, that haven't been too much affected so far. But if there's an increase of COVID case in those uh, plants, uh, they're going to be shut down or they're going to be reduced by more than half per, half of the throughput. So it's a lot of uncertainty. So um, honestly, we go day by day. Uh, and the next day can bring something different. So we need to be able to adapt. But um, our pig producers are pretty resilient, uh, but it's tough. And the price on top of that, everybody knows that the price, the life price of the pigs went to the lowest we ever seen since a long time. Uh, so we are losing money right now when we ship pigs to the, the plant. We keep those pigs for extra time in the barn and we have to feed those pigs. So even though we feed a low energy diet, there's added costs you know, to feed those pigs. So when you put that all together, uh, that's, that's tough on the cash flow. Uh, the biggest issue for producer is cash flow right now because you don't ship your pigs. You get paid for the one you ship like crap. So you lose money on every pigs you ship. You don't ship all the pigs you have. And the pigs you keep in the barn, you have to feed those pigs. So there's costs added to those pigs. So it's uh, really not a fun situation. So cash flow-wise, it's really tough for the producer. And government can come back with some program to support that. Uh, which we don't have. We have some programs that can help, you know, uh, on that aspect, but not to the extent of what we're living right now. So uh, compensation program based on cost of production is one thing, but now it's beyond that. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be tough for some people, and I don't think some people won't make it and will use that time to uh, exit the production. Producers of, as you mentioned, they're extremely hardworking individuals, very passionate about what they do. Um, as you continue to consult, describe the the emotion you're hearing from producers firsthand, if you could. What's the the main thing you're hearing during this truly unprecedented, challenging time? Like I said, it's a bit different because Quebec is in a different situation than the rest of my customer in Canada. Uh, and even in China, so I can come back on China after. But if I talk about Quebec, like I said, other people are asking, you know, what will happen within the next two, three weeks. Everybody is pretty comfortable with where they are today, even though they know it's not easy. But if things doesn't go back normal within the next two, three weeks, uh, there that's going to be tough. And we're going to see some, like I said, some people quitting production. And will will we see some bankruptcy? Will we see some, uh, I think, on the on the mental health, it's pretty hard as well for some people. Uh, so uh, in Quebec, I think the situation is a bit different than the rest of Canada. The rest of Canada, people are not seeing, uh, except the price, which is not good, but the, the, the throughput of pigs to the plant, except some people in Ontario that were shipping to Quebec, have not been too bad. So things are okay on that sense, although the price is something that probably worry everybody in Canada. Uh, in China, it's, it's why the COVID has been uh, there before us, so January, February were tough for them. But because of the uh, ASF that has been going in China since uh, two years now, 
the price of pigs is really, really good. So everybody that still produces pigs, you know, makes a lot of money in China. So even though if you lost 20, 25 percent of your production with the profit per pigs that the market has been showing <laughs> recently, uh, they still make money. So in China, the, the, the mindset is a bit different, you know, although they've been affected by ASF and then the COVID in terms of issue with labor and things like that. And there's issue with moving pigs between province and things like that. The price has been so good that all of that has been, you know, compensated by good price and making still profit, um, which is a bit like the PED in 2013 in the U.S. You know, the PED brought the price to a record level in 2014. So I know some people lost money because they were affected by PED, but overall the industry had a very good year because of the short supply of pigs at that time. Dan, you mentioned some of the consulting and research that you do there in China. Um, can can you tell us, are there lessons from China that we can use here? Uh, we can talk about ASF as a, as, a, as a lesson that we have to keep it away from ours, even though the problem in, in Canada is that we are export market. Eh? So ASF to go to a country where you don't export versus export, is, I think the impact is much different. So for us, it's a, it's a, it's a no-no. We don't want to get ASF in North America, that's for sure. Uh, I think the Chinese, you know, uh, we want to keep working with that market. It's a very good export market for the uh, the meat packer in North America. Uh, so do we want China to go back where they were before? Uh, we hope not. You know, we think they, we would like them to be short supply of meat so we can export meat to those places. Uh, in terms of the COVID, the, the other situation that happened with the COVID in China is that the price of vitamins and amino acid uh, was on, has been on the raise since uh, February, March, uh, due to the closure of some plant, due to short labor, due to the China New Year that expanded for four weeks instead of two. So there was a lot of delay in production, shipping uh, goods from China to North America. Uh, so price of amino acid and vitamins has been up. So that's another side impact of the COVID from Asia that uh, affect our cost of production. Uh, when I look at it last time, there was about two, three bucks a pigs increase in cost of production in terms of feed costs due to the amino acid and uh, vitamin price from January to March. So within two months, you're just adding two, three dollar per pigs on feed costs because of that situation that is out of your control. So uh, China, we rely on China. We hope they, they, they control their stuff, you know, to make sure that they don't create issue on our end. But uh, we would like to think that China should be short supply of meat so we can still export meat over there because that's probably our biggest opportunity for the industry uh, to keep making some money on the on the meat side. The problem we have right now in the industry is that people don't have access to packing, don't have interest into a packing business or meat retail, just producer. Uh, that's tough for them because the price of the live meat is really low. Uh, although the price of sending meat to Asia, Japan, China for the packer is still pretty good. As you mentioned, the next few weeks will determine uh, so much. Our fingers are crossed for all of those resilient producers out there. Dan Boussier from Quebec, stay safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for your time. For additional resources on COVID-19, visit alltech.com. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.